What are you, what are you drinking? Cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Loose Head Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth. Proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible people that run Caffeine Gum Australia. Awful people. Awful, awful people. If you do, do not chew caffeine gum, then fuck you. I'm also, Jed, I'm trying to get a sponsorship from the good fella. people at Fella. Uh, recently fella. discovered hard seltzer. I'm a very big fan. Um, so shout out to those guys. Please sponsor us. Uh, who else do we need to talk about? Cow Rugby Club. Um, major yeah. semi-final. Major semi-final. Let's this weekend. Go. Let's I'm gonna try, fucking go. I'm going to try and sneak out for it. Um, oh, you fucking rat bag. Yeah, because I won't be able to next week. I've got a three-day. Well, hey, fuck you, Eastwood Rugby, because I want to be there. Mate, that's where I, that is where the action is, I think. If, if you're a rugby supporter, seeing how well Cowra have gone this year would bring a tear to the eye. I've certainly enjoyed seeing it. The boys have been dominating scrums, dominating everyone. You know, there's some good things happening out there. And it's a great town too as well, by the way. 100%, man. What's going on with you, man? How's oh, everything? We, we had um, oh, I'm, I was a little bit uh, little bit flat out last week, but um, this week I am still the same amount of flat out, but I've just got more energy because night time, and I am a night owl. I'm a man of the night. I'm not a lady of the night, but I do operate at night time. Um, we had a good W last week, um, so that was that was good. Um, the vibe around the club's just been good over the last month. It's hard to explain, man. Like you, I'm sure everyone has been in those situations where there's just a, a tough period. Um, but yeah, look, the, the vibe's been good. Um, and yeah, mate, it was a day for the Fords, to be honest. Like there was some terrific play scored in the back line, but our plan was to scrumge them to death, basically. And it Gordon, it. you played Gordon? No, I played East. Oh, East, yes. That's a, good pl- that's a very good plan against East. Yeah, I mean, man, East, East were a good, a good side. They they touched us up last time we played them, and we scrummed them to death that day as well, in fairness. But this time we stuck to our game plan a little bit better. And look, it fucking hurts. And oh, yeah, if I went to a, a different club, which I don't know, but like if I was at any club, you, you have to have a set piece. If you, if you don't have a set piece, like you're fucked. So East have got some tremendous talent. Um, I have no doubt I'm not shitting on their props necessarily, but like when they come up against a really, really good front row, they struggle. And so we got eight scrum penalties and a yellow, which is just heaps in a game. Um, so yeah, really proud of the guys and it's been another good week. Um, and we got Manly this week. So yeah, excited. Depending on um, their injuries will depend on the scrum that they have. Um Look, I I know some of the East front rowers. They're good blokes and they're good players. I've seen them in other teams where they they absolutely kill it. So I, I don't know. It's never something I've learned about scrummaging over the years is it's never about one or two people. It's about how the eight function together. And um, yeah, it's never just one person, in my opinion, in my right. educated opinion. Well. I know a lot of people do like when I'm furious on this show and that they won't have to wait very long this week because I was gas on the weekend, but I was so excited for the boys. Um, and I got off the field and I, eventually someone sent me a Facebook thing. Like, I'm like, you can't be like, people have got to be real, like happy 
we were up 34 to fucking 10 or something with seven minutes left. So we cleared the bench. You got to get some guys off. It's good for some other guys to get time, but realistically, you got to protect some assets as well. Um, East were throwing the ball around like it was sevens, and they scored two late tries. So, but the game was gone because you know calculations were done. The game was gone until the seventy eighth minute. They were down by twenty one points, or twenty two points. So I come off and there's a comment on the fucking Eastwood page, and it's like a yellow card and two late tries. What have I been saying? Well, this, this is the same fucking guy, the murderer from the um, old folks' home, from the retirement home. And I'm thinking, it's elimination semi. It doesn't matter. The two, two late tries don't fucking matter. They're on Mad Monday now. Like, what do you, what do you fucking want? Um, and he got hammered by a few people. But I'm just thinking, like, what... I don't know. Some people just want you to win a hundred nil. I don't. I don't fucking know. No, but then they'll be. Then the game will be boring. You know. Oh, I was literally like, I was. I'm on strict, strict assignment to not absolutely fucking torch them on social media. Now on here, I can torch them as much as I like. But well, I'm. I'm very curious. I'm very curious about this. We as humans tend to focus on those negative people, and they're very much in the minority particularly when you win a major semi-final or a minor semi-final or whatever the fuck they're doing this year. So of all the people that are happy that you won, why, why do we focus, and I do it too because I'm a human, why do we focus on the one guy that we don't ever give a fuck about and who we hope we never see again? And if they have never, never have anything to do with our lives, that's a win. But why do we focus on that? Well, I focus on it because it was the only post on the page. So I had to focus on it, right? Yeah. Because clearly no one died that day, so they weren't posting deaths. That's so, right. the, but like also, if it was a round game, like I sort of understand where you're coming from. Like you don't want to concede points before and against this and that. It was a fucking elimination semi. Fucking be happy and shut the fuck up. Like sh- shut the fuck up and do not, and I mark my fucking words, stop supporting us, please. Do not be, if we make the grand final and, you know, I, I hope we make the grand final, I hope we win the comp. Don't be there. If you were fucking throwing mud and we are the best supporters, man, they're fucking so good. But if you were throwing mud in round 12, fucking book a holiday that weekend because I don't want to see you. And if um, I do see you, I'll fucking tell you. Man, if you're winning a semifinal, I genuinely, this is genuinely the best competition I can recall in the last 16 years by far. So I think even the fact that you've made it down to the last six, is it now? You know, with a good chance of going through to the week after, then the week after that, I, I think people should be happy. It's the best comp definitely in 16 years that in from what I can recall. Yeah, it's certainly the closest. So anyway, it was apart from that, um, it was relatively good. And yeah, it's been a good week. So I had to get that off my chest because that fucking sent me for six. That's, that's um, a good, strong start to the show today. I haven't seen the Wallabies game, right? But what I did see was Slippers yellow card. Was it Slippers card? Oh, my God. No. Uh, no, they had a try and it was turned disallowed. Penalty, penalty. Was, yeah. So that, firstly, that's the biggest cop out ever. So if you've gone in a normal situation, if you leave someone above horizontal, blah, 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 it's a fucking red, right? So they've effectively gone, right, oh, this is clearly an accident. So we'll penalise it. Like rugby, you're fucking losing your shit. It's worse at the international level, but I'll be honest, week in, week out, we've spoken about this before, like you'll see a high tackle or something which doesn't get picked up 
But if sighted, it will be four weeks. Like, it's fucking... It's, we've got to get our shit together. There's got to be some consistency. And there's got to be some just fucking logical stuff where, like, if someone jumps in the air into contact or they fucking do something dumb to hurt themselves, don't penalise it. Just play on. Like, yeah. that, was a, that was a genuinely just awkward setup. But Slipper had nothing to do with his end was where he ended up. Pablo should have been a fucking headstand. Give the try. Give the try. Give the try. Can I ask you a question as a rugby union coach? Go. How hard is it to win a game when you lose your two, your three, your five, your 10, your 12, and I think your 15? No, 15 was still there. Two, Sorry. three, five. That's it's, it's 10, 12. How hard is it to win a game of rugby? Even it's, at that level. It would be worse than it's worse than getting a red in the first minute. It's probably the equivalent of getting a red and a yellow and another yellow. Like it's just so hard. Um, and the reality is for Australia, you know, there's a huge jump between the first stringers and the second stringers in some positions. In some other ones, there isn't. But like if you look at hookers at the moment, like Billy Pollard's over in um on tour, like Billy Pollard's a tremendous talent. Like, tremendous talent. Could have played both codes. I watched him come through. I thought, fuck, he's a great player. He's had a cup of coffee in terms of being a man's, uh, like a, uh, an open men's player. He's not ready to play test match rugby. He's on the fucking Wallabies tour. Like, he's played three games for the Brumbies or some, something and, you know, maybe 10 for Uni North Owls. Like, I'm sorry, but that means that, you know, we're very short. So particularly if we're, if we're losing five or six guys and we're not absolutely thick with talent, which we're not, um, that hurts so bad. I just, yeah, I just saw a lot of the stuff in the press and I don't think enough people brought that up. It's incredibly difficult to win, particularly when you lose guys in key positions. And even at that level, yeah, they train together all the time, but there's, there's nothing like building combinations whilst playing, I no. believe. And you could no, see, the, and you could you could see the difference. I, I watched the game, and you could see the difference. Well, look, our, look, our first string tight head, and our, is there's a big gap to our second string tight head, and there's would, fucking. It's very adamant when you, if you compare the games one after another, that's incredibly adamant. Um, and then apparent. There's a fucking huge gap. Let's say if we have to go to four, it's massive. It's chasms. It's like even three. It's no. Well, if you go to four, we're talking shoot you. Like it's it's fucking big. So losing guys like that's very difficult. Um, yeah. I agree. Even the ten, even the ten situation. I think we've got a lot of very good young tens in this country. After like Quade's done his Achilles now, ruptured his Achilles. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. I'm not sure O'Connor was the answer that they were looking for. Um, you would say that he definitely wasn't, but I've only watched the game once. I'm sure if you watched it more closely, you'd get a better gauge of that. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what they do there, whether they risk someone like Noah or bring Tane up early and just go, we're backing you for the next year. Whether they don't, like, obviously, I'm a huge Tane fan, but my boss has declared on that one. I think he's done enough to prove that he's a fucking decent 10 at this point. Um, but I think they need to start investing time into whoever that next guy is because I'm not sure Quaid or James O'Connor is going to take you to a World Cup success. Um, can, I, can I switch it up for a sec? Yeah, well, what did you make of the New Zealand Rugby Union's handling of the Ian Foster situation? What did they end up saying today? No, he's, he's on to the World Cup. 
and they're bringing um, Joe Schmidt in as uh, an attack consultant. I think I, I can't remember the exact wording, but he's being brought into the inner sanctum. He was already a selector and involved, but he's now more involved. And and uh, Ian Foster is there to the World Cup. But the the thing that I found the the thing that I didn't like is the way that they handled it prior to this. Like they had a press conference earlier in the week and said nothing before the test or the day after the test, I think. And they've just delayed it and they haven't shown any support to him. But I'm curious what your take on it is. Well, I I can't help but be compassionate to the views you've been putting out because I, I agree with them mostly. Is that like, in my opinion, it was a it was an awful, as I said last week, awful time to take over as head coach. Incredibly weird time as well with like COVID and fucking all sorts of shit happening. People going overseas. Maybe you didn't have the talent. You don't have the experience you did the last World Cup. It was just going to be a little bit harder. But expectations never change there, which is something that's good for them and bad for them. Because if they're good, like everyone's always attaining, they're, they're looking to attain the best. They never lose. You know, that is their expectation. That And that leads to success in a lot of ways. But when they do lose, they, the whole country capitulates, which is what we've been seeing. And the fact that he's getting dragged so fucking heavily is, it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. And it's so good to see the players coming out and fucking backing. 100%. I, I, and the, did you watch the game? Jeez, it was a good game. Did I, there's something about All Blacks Springbok games and the intensity of that that is just so far above anything else I've seen in world rugby. It, it's To me, it's incredibly noticeable. But the way they reacted under the pressure that they were all put under and what they said in the media and their support of, uh, of him, I think is very commendable. I don't like the lack of support off-field. And I, I I actually like the All Blacks. I'm not one of those Aussies that wants them to lose, but I wanted them to lose because of their supporters. I actually like I liked the the tradition and the players, and I, I like what they're all about. But I was, I was looking for them to lose. But the way they reacted under that pressure, you've got to be impressed by that. 100%. They're, look, they're, they're just good to watch. They're good to watch because they can take all the like negative like percentage play which rugby has become, and they still take a few risks. And they have really fun players. They have uh, they're they're a great team. I really like watching them. I like South Africa for different reasons. Um, I love watching the Springbok Ford Pack. Yeah, I mean they're just huge humans fucking doing stuff, which is good in any sport to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I I love the All Blacks, and I. I love watching him play. I'd be much more inclined, and it's probably, yeah, you're a fucking, you're not a patriot, but I'd be inclined to stay up late to watch your Blacks play, probably. Um, definitely a team, definitely a team like the Springboks. Um, just while we're talking about the Ian Foster situation, I'm pretty sure we mentioned it last week, but um, obviously, I, I just, I know none of our audience are the type of people to fucking troll or talk shit. Hopefully, I know some of them probably would be some of the Eastwood supporters, but uh, I just hope that he, Ian Foster had some good people around him because that would have been a tough time. I could only imagine having your whole country attack you and how that would feel and and the lack of support from your employers. So obviously with some of the stuff happening in the rugby league world this week, just, um, just an extra emphasis that even though you can criticise the performances, in my opinion, I think going after the man's probably not 
play on. What makes me feel better about that situation is you have guys like Artie Sevilla and the and the you know the experienced guys in the team and they're they're sitting there and they're backing their coach. You know that when they go, yeah, there's people talking shit fucking everywhere. His little tiny country is fucking blowing up. But when he goes into that team meeting room, those guys fucking support him. And I think that would have an enormous impact. There's this flog of a human that I follow on LinkedIn. And I only follow him because he puts out all this fucking random mental skills shit. And I, I won't name his name, but I'll tell anyone offline. But he just puts all the shit that doesn't make any sense. And then when you compare him like someone uh, to someone like Aaron Walsh, who's the Chiefs mental skills coach, who I'd highly recommend anyone follow on LinkedIn and Twitter. He's fantastic. Puts out a lot of useful content uh, about coaching well-being, life, all that kind of stuff. He's fantastic. But this other guy was like criticizing Foster all week, and, and but he's doing it to make himself look good. Mm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Like he's like, he doesn't have any mana. <laughs> Just like, how the fuck do you know unless you go to training, watch the team meetings, see how he is with the players and the relationships. Like I, I just have no time for that. If the all, the all Blacks, yeah, fuck that guy. Firstly, um, maybe a Hunters Hill train station. The you'd flog him. The All Blacks are sort of known for having these coaches that just don't have emotion, right? So they're just like they're just computers of fucking brilliance. Ugh, and look, you can't attack that because it's been successful. So I feel like saying like no mana and like taking advantage of the cultural sort of stuff of NZ just such a Lot, man. But how do you know if you don't know the guy? But he's not like I suppose my point is he's not yeah exactly you don't know you fucking hack. So he's not Rassi Erasmus, right? So I suppose if Rassi Erasmus comes out and does a 90-minute press conference, you can probably have an opinion on that and be like, that sucked, or that was good, or that's a bad look for our team. You don't know shit about what's going on at the All Blacks. You don't know fucking anything. Literally. You, and no none of us know, unless there's a something on TV, like, well, one of us has played for the All Blacks. How the fuck would we know? But even that, did you ever watch that Amazon Prime uh, All or Nothing that they did on the All Blacks? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, st- I, I still don't think that they gave anything away, really. No, they gave nothing away. They gave away the fact that Steve Hansen likes to, he's a little bit riskier than probably he looked. He, he backed the young guys, he backed Rico Yuani, but that was about it. And they perform well. It's fucking it. Um, Elliot Green, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. I'm happy to talk about that. I, it caught me by surprise a little bit. I mean, did it? Um, yeah, because I, I knew she was yeah, uh, in a lesbian relationship and had a kid, and like I, I like I think we I loosely have some mutual friends with her, but I, I, I caught me by surprise that she became a man. Um, look, I think I'm happy. Like she's, you know, probably thirty years old. I don't know how old she is. Like she can make her own decisions. I think it's. No one got gets no one got hurt. Like whatever. I hope she's happy. It's um I I found one of the articles said like, you know, Elia was assigned, was wrongly assigned her gender at birth or something. Like that's where you're starting to lose me. Like, I'm sorry, but in reality, like in God, La La Land, yeah, there's 48 fucking genders. In in reality, you're born and you either have a penis or you don't. And then if you if you do, you're a boy. So doctors you can't wait for a baby to decide what fucking gender they are. Um, go watch what is a woman, everyone. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Isn't I'm it? happy. Look, I'm happy for her. If she's happy, I'm happy for her. 
And she's, she's at an age where she can make logical, rational decisions as a as a grown-up. So good on her. I'm happy for her. I'm slightly like I did catch me by surprise a little bit. You misgendered you misgendered him. No, I'm not I'm not buying into that shit. I'll just say earlier, well done. I'm happy for you. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not gonna like buy into like the doctors uh, evil for giving a baby a gender of birth. Like I'm sorry, but for the fucking the whole contents of human history they've been doing it. And I don't give a shit if it is not cool to say anymore. No. Good good on Elia. If she's happy, he's happy. That's fantastic. Uh, being a man's awesome. So welcome to the welcome, welcome to the to party. The, welcome I to reckon. the club. And I, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure he will help a lot of people struggling in the same situation, which is awesome. Yeah. And I agree with that. I'm not anti this at all. It's just it's just a sort of little things attached to the edge by the fringe, which is frustrating. But, uh, man, good on him. Um, I'll tell you something I saw. See how I got the gender right? Um, something I saw last week, which absolutely hit me for fucking seven and a half, was Eastwood Rugby heavyweight entering Aqua Rugby, the Aqua Rugby tournament. I was like, so you're telling me the club that – we're effectively living in the 1950s at Eastwood. Like you come and like they take photos with that old fashioned thing where there's a flash and like preview is like, I don't know, on those old movies with the big reels. Like that's where we're living and we're playing. Like how the fuck did that get approved? And when did that happen? I don't think it's a bad thing, but it just, it sent me for seven and a half. I was so shocked. We need to get the aqua rugby marketing team involved in this podcast. Cause, uh, they, they do a very good job of promoting themselves. By all accounts, it was a magnificent event in Manly. And um, I'll never play aqua rugby. That's all I'll say. I'll go sit on a boat and drink all day, but I'm never going to play the game. My one, The one knock I heard on it was the field was fucking tiny. And it was kind of hard to see. So I think, like, conceptually, it's very good. Oh, that's why I wanted to talk about aqua rugby. Finally, this is how my fucking brain works. So there was an article that came out, and it was like, you know, rugby's got to stop being this rich, like, school thing. The privileged schools have access to it. I think it was Bernard Foley talking about it. And then tied it directly into aqua rugby, a sport or a game where you have to have a fucking yacht to attend. Is that not the worst correlation ever? It's like we need to open up access to rugby. Of course we do. Of course we do. AFL Rugby League kill us, right? then tie that into aqua rugby, the only fucking sport in the world where you need a yacht to attend it. Like, terrible marketing. So, no, that wasn't aqua rugby. That was whoever wrote that fucking article, and I think Bernard Foley commenting on it. He's one, oh, of, the, he's one of the owners, I think, of aqua That rugby. was a bad example of fucking, of opening access. I mean, yeah, the access is open if you own a fucking yacht. If you have a 300-foot super yacht, you can attend aqua rugby games. If you're underprivileged and you, but you own a super yacht, you are welcome and anyone can come. So that was laughable. Um, and that made the rounds in my esteemed group of um, friends because we all found that laughable. The local but degenerates. Local degenerates. Like but um, yeah, I have no idea who's playing in that tournament on behalf of Eastwood. Um, I hope the field's a little bit bigger and. You know, I suppose any marketing for rugby is good marketing. I, I do wonder what they do, like, as a company in the other – like, surely you, you could do it more than once. I, I was thinking the other day, like – How do you make like, money? Huh? How do they make money? 
Yeah, that was sort of my question. It's, I suppose if it's a one-off, right, and you, you hide the thing out and you set up, it's like a function. Yeah. For the rest of the year, you just don't do it and you focus on other shit. But you, you think they could do it, like you could do one in the Cronulla and you could do one in, you know, Manly and you could do one in Sydney Harbour, I suppose. I'm not doing that because I get eaten by sharks. But, you know, you could do a couple, I feel. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like... I'm very interested to see how Eastwood, Eastwood's extensive... Um, social profile ties into the aqua rugby market yeah it's interesting I, I, they must make money through registrations some sponsorships and corporate um i i follow a couple of the guys online and it they haven't said but it looks like their plan is to make it into a league where they go traveling around the world like sevens does um which i think is an interesting concept i hope it works out very well for them but i do agree that uh advertising that you must own a super yacht to go and watch the game um, to make it bad more accessible. Look, Very not, bad look. Yeah, it's not smart. And, and um, yeah, no, I agree with that. What else you got? You said you, you'd organized a few things. I always look at stuff and I go, we need to talk about that. And then I completely forget about it. But one thing I do recall is ScoMo was doing five to seven different jobs in the Australian government. Can you discuss that? I know you're fully across that. Oh, you're mate. a big ScoMo guy. No, yeah, like... It... I don't know. I honestly, I've fallen off that because I actually don't really give a fuck. But I believe it was during like the pandemic or something, and they had to fill the fill the quotas. I don't know. I, don't, I actually don't care. But what one thing, like like Scomo cop some heat, whatever. I don't think he made any decisions in the cabinets. But if they have a fucking royal commission into it, you might as well just piss money against the wall. Like that's money. It costs so much money to do a royal commission, and there's so much more important things you should be like you could do a royal commission into than fucking Scomo, like having his name down on a on more cabinets than he should. Like I mean, more portfolios than he should. So, what would you do a royal commission into? Oh, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I'm not going to. I was like, I'm not going to answer that question. It was a good try by me, anyway. It was a good try. Um, I, I actually a funny one for those. Oh, I found it funny, but it's really a rugby related thing. Was I was talking to an unnamed person who's associated with the MLR, um, not as a player, because the MLR draft was coming up, and me and Mister X always follow the draft because we find it very funny. I mean, you got these kids come playing college, which is getting really popular, but that doesn't mean the standard's good. The standard's fucking awful, um, and what's funny is they get them there and they do like a 40 and you know bench press and all this shit that's nfl like but isn't it in like a little shed or something compared to like the nfl yeah, which is in a college as, yeah and then they're like you know but the funny thing is like you get assigned picks so the person i was talking to was like we got three picks and lord knows we don't want any of them <laughs> So like Do you have to take them. Yeah, you got to take them. So like, oh, I went back and I found it very funny because that was my initial thought. I'm like, who wants the fucking thirtieth pick from college? Like, realistically, they're probably a second grade college player, um, and you got to. I think you got to pay him for a season <laughs> or something. So he was like, yeah, we have one in the first round and three three picks overall. I went back and looked. Atlanta have like fucking seven picks, so they've got to have seven punters coming out of like bumfuck Idaho. So, but it's not like it's not like the NBA draft where Jed Gillespie, who, who's twenty-one year old player in Australia, can go and register in the the major league college draft. This is only for US players. Yeah, I think it's US and Canadian, maybe. 
Um, but it's college players. So it's not like US players who might be somewhere else. Like they just get signed. It's guys who are in college. So they're coming out of fucking Cal or the Cal Berkeley Bears or whatever, the Golden Bears, whatever the fuck they're called. And like you got to you got to sign them. So unlike the NFL, where if you pick up a seventh rounder, you can take him to preseason camp and just cut him. Like you got to keep him on and pay him. So like, oh, I just made me giggle. I thought, fuck that. Imagine going to the draft and just being like, fuck me. I've I'll heard just, so many things about the MLR. Like, I just picked the best bloke. Uh, MLRs are fucking literally cowboys. I've, it's I've cowboys. Been, I've been and told it's, why, it's been run by cowboys. Is what I got told. Well, maybe not anymore. Old fucking names teams after himself isn't. I don't know whether he's involved anymore. You can't call a team the Guillotines. Well, I'm sorry. It just it's living proof of that. If you have enough money, you can literally do fucking anything. Yeah, he entered two teams in a comp that with embarrassing names after his following his own fucking name. Like that don't make any sense either. So it's not a last name you can sort of amalgamate into real words. It's just two completely made up fucking words. I've um I've heard some great stories about that guy recently. Not suitable for podcasts, but um, by all accounts, enjoys a good time. By yeah. all accounts, <laughs> well, good on him because he's clearly a fucking sociopath of his naming teams after himself. Um, <laughs> but that actually, one thing I was thinking about this week is, and I'm sure you have one, but one of our players, or a player I know, is taking a really exciting rugby opportunity, and it's not a professional, so to speak, opportunity, but it's something that you've done. So that narrows it down country-wise uh, with very good business connections and um, something that he probably never thought he would do. And that made me think back because I, I, fuck it, there's no point holding in Hong Kong, right? Um, and people sleep on Hong Kong. Australian rugby players, when they think rugby holiday, they think Italy and Spain and like, you know, unfortunately, like, yeah, you get to travel Europe, but there's some awful aspects to going over there. Like, we've all heard stories about Italy not getting paid, fucking... That's what like, happened to me. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. I've heard, you know, probably twi- like twice that about Spain. Um, but obviously, it's got... It's in Spain, so everyone thinks it's going to be on the beach party. It's in some fucking village and there's... You know, anyway, so Hong Kong. And I effectively agreed to terms with Hong Kong Football Club you know, 2017, 18. What? If you're going to go anywhere, go there. Yeah, exactly. And and they were really, really cool. They reached out. Initially, they were like going to pay for me just to come over to play in the 10s. Um, as like oh. a, as a, yeah, I know, as a taste tester. Oh. Um, and I broke my hand, so I couldn't go. And they said, come anyway. And I was like, oh, I got surgery. Like, they were really, really cool. And then in the end, I actually signed with the Legion. So I, I said, look, I've signed with the Legion, blah, blah, blah. And they were, re- again, really, really good. Uh, one of my very, very best friends, Tom Hill's over there, and he plays there. Um, He's a test, test cap he's player now. Test player, so congrats, Tom. But, you know, and he they obviously set you up for life. They set you up in business. And Hong Kong is just a massively slept on place. And so I'm really excited for this guy. Like, I just – but it made me think, like, fuck, what, what's, what would have happened if I went, you know? Or like what would happen if I did go to the MLR? And that led me to like, what's probably your biggest like what if from your footy? Um, firstly, Hong Kong's an amazing place. And and it's genuinely, it's genuine genuinely one of the most entrepreneurial places I've ever been. Like if you've got an idea 
it's encouraged. Do, do you know what I mean? Like you could re- literally do anything in Hong Kong, and they encourage you, which is, which and it, the whole um, society and the economy it's 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 a it's built around that. So you could make a lot of money in Hong Kong. You could have a great time. It's got a great lifestyle, great food, great nights out. Um, it's close to other parts in Asia. It's a fucking wild place if you enjoy food, drink, and a good time. But it also has some of the most absurd natural beauty that I've ever seen. And that's not often widely publicized when you think of Hong Kong. So it's got a little bit of everything. No, and, right- and on that, Chubby, like this guy, when I spoke to this guy, he's like, I'm like, what do you know about Hong Kong? And because originally, some, you know, like again, like we've all had some fucking guy hit him up in Spain, broken English, and was like, come to Spain. And it didn't pan out. Yeah, or Daisia. Anyway, yes, keep yeah, going. Yeah, he's that guy. And, and I was like, do me a favor, go home, Google this. And he got back to me like an hour later and he said, holy shit. I'm like, mate, Hong Kong Football Club has more money than the fucking Crusaders. It's one of the richest sporting clubs in the world. The facilities are absurd. Um, the rugby's good without being too good. Like, it's not the week in, week week in, week out grind of like Shoot Shield or Super Rugby. But there's some very good players there. Like, I played against an Argentinian prop, international prop, when I was there. But he was 36 at the end of his career, and he had an opportunity to set up a huge... He was importing... Uh, Argentinian wine into Asia, and that was a business he set up in Hong Kong. So and there's, there's shit like that. <laughs> no, there's shit like that everywhere. Like you could do anything like that. If you have a degree, it's a great place to go. You'd kill it over there. Um, but to answer your question, the only thing that really springs to mind is like I always wanted to play Super Rugby, right? And I think I, I had an injury, and I've gone. You know what? I'm going to go visit my brother. At uh, no, I wasn't injured. I can't remember exactly what the situation... It might have been early in the season before uh, Shoot Shield was due to start and Super Rugby had just started. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go visit my brother in Hong Kong. Day 12 on the piss, sleeping two hours a night, doing all sorts of disgraceful things. I get a call from the Brumbies going, we need you in Auckland um, tomorrow. We, you're going to be on the bench for the Brumbies. And I'm like, oh, I'm in Hong Kong. Oh, I'll try and get back. I'll try and get back. And they're like, and they've they've gone. Give me, give us five minutes. We'll call you back. Call me back and said, don't worry about it. Fuck. Yeah, and that was my one opportunity to play Super Rugby, which I ruined by being on a 15 day bender in Hong Kong. Fuck. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing that springs to mind. Um, look, Italy was a complete shit show. But, the, you know, another regret that I had, actually, is I, I got an offer to go and play club rugby in Seattle, um, maybe the year before the MLR started. Yeah. And I wish I'd done that. Yeah. Uh, I'm similar. Like, uh, So it just made me think today, like, what what if I was in Hong Kong? I was just excited for the opportunity. I'm very excited for the person. He, he's, I'm just so excited for him. But then I was like, fuck. It sort of took me back to, like, the negotiation with them and like, you know, that plan. And then I thought about my America. I still think I made the right call not staying in America. I had some shit to sort out and I'm glad I came home. And, but I don't know. It just, it, it just made me think about that in terms of they're my two main ones. I mean, we're, like I was meant to go to France for a little while and, you know, but those were my two main ones in, in terms of what ifs, like your one, you just said, I always say, oh, Fuck, I must sound like an old grandpa sometimes, but I'm like, 
you can't until you're fucking on the field or on the plane. You just can't. It's, it hasn't happened yet. Because, like, oh, I remember getting called when I was 20. And it was from my coach. And he's like, mate, the force are about to call you playing against the Lions. Or you're going to play against the Lions. And the phone never rang. So they went with someone else who didn't end up playing anything. But he got, you know, five minutes against British Norwich Lions. And I was like, Fuck me. It just taught like, and, and then obviously like, you know, neg- we've all had a lot of negotiation with France and like, you know, even England and like shit like that. They're like ITM, it, you just, it's not real until you're on the plane. Like even sometimes if the contracts are signed, it just hasn't happened yet. Like, so I just, I think it's a reasonable lesson because like, otherwise you just keep getting your hopes up. So it's, it maybe it's a little bit like, pessimistic in that way but like it's just not real until you're on the plane there when you're on the plane there pop a bottle celebrate but until then like rugby's a very fickle world things happen things change it's um i think the competition i think people underestimate the competition there's a lot of people fighting for the same spot and i think if they can get someone who's more convenient more experienced cheaper has a few whatever's under their belt then they're very, they're very likely to change their mind if that can pop up. Um, it did, it did make that happens all well. the time. What's it, did me, it did make me think as well. Um, I haven't, I don't know what's going on next year, coaching wise. I've got no idea. I haven't spoken. Have, so, have you? Are you going to coach next year? Or you're not sure what's happening. I'd like there? to. I'd like to. I think, like, I think the players are happy. I think things have run well, but I got no idea. Um, and that's not like halfway through chats or anything it's just there's been nothing so i don't know um and it made me think like honestly like at lunch today i was like i'm playing in like six weeks no i'm playing in four weeks in america like i pack scrums tonight i'm like why don't i why don't i just go and play in hong kong like what what why like what this was like just my just me at lunchtime fucking after digging a big hole. And I was like, why don't I just go play in Hong Kong? They give me a good job. Um, I'll get to play footy. So a few of my really good mates are there. Um, like I can still play. Though when I say, I always say, like and we've spoken about many times, do you miss playing? Not really. I, I feel like domestically in Australia, like particularly at Eastwood, like everything's done. Like I don't need, I don't need to play. I don't want to play. The guys who were like in my jersey now, fucking phenomenal. Like Willie's a phenomenal player. Like, just so much tougher than I ever was. Like, Doom's the same. I just don't need to be there. They don't need me. Um, you'd, you'd kill it in Hong Kong. And you've it, got the it just made me think of like, well, you've got what, the coaching background as well, and you're a lawyer. So you'd absolutely break it. It just, for that, lunch, for that split second of lunchtime, I was just like, well, why, why can't I do that? And then it made me think, it's funny because, like, if I was like, oh, I'm a player, my options are not the world. Like, I'm not Scott CEO. I'm not these guys. I'm just not that good. But my options are still like this. They're still, you know, there's options. The door's open. But as a coach, being, you know, two two years in, one and a half years in, my options are fucking very narrow. Even if, yeah, my, like, and this is a hypothetical because I don't know. Someone would have to assess it. But even if the system's running really, really well, the players are happy, people are developing, you know, your options are still extremely limited. But I'm like, you slap boots on and I'm halfway over the world. So it's an interesting, it's a, 
opens up a good line of questioning. I was just thinking the right way to say it, but I guess at what point do you go, at what point in your life do you go, I'm going to keep chasing the dream or I'm going to go the other way and go, let's maybe not sacrifice the full dream, but it's going to put on hold for a little bit, go and make some money, live life. You know, something I'm sort of considering at the moment. At, at what point do you go, I really like to make a buck now? Yeah. No, you know, I, I do you know what I mean? That. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. There was just an element where like, I don't know, I do get that. And that, I'll, we, I'll, we were talking about that the other day, so I can talk mm. about that. But the, yeah, it's just a unique situation where like, the guys who my mates are over there are way not way Hilly will have a heart attack if he's way older. But you know they're two years older than me. I just turned thirty. You know I could play for another couple of years. My body's okay. It's not great. My mum's having a fucking heart attack listening to this. But like my body's okay. Um, like if I needed to play next week, I could. I probably I need some more meters in the legs, but I'd be I'd be okay. So like it's just funny one because. I think I'm good at what I do. I don't know. I mean, it's very hard to know. Uh, it's a, one of those ones where you can't you can't just get a guy and go, "Yep, you're good," because so, you know someone's opinion of good might be someone else's opinion of. It's all, subject. it's all subjective. Yeah, it's so too. subjective. So like, and then people react like there's a very common theme amongst players that get dropped about not liking the coach. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I think that. It ties into the other question. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was just it's just an interesting point where like even though I haven't played in a year, if I put boots on, my options just go bing. And I it's could I definitely could worth considering as well. Well, definitely look, I, for my for next year, I, I think I I I I'd like to coach, but if my options are nil, then I'm gonna I don't know. I have to t- consider anything. Like you'd be stupid not to consider anything. So well, you coach, you'd be, you get a coaching gig in Hong Kong as well, particularly if you're playing. Like you, yeah. and you get paid for both. Plus, they get get you a job with the union because you're a shoot shield coach, first grade coach. You'd, yeah. So I, I don't you'd know. Absolutely, you clean up. To be maybe honest. it was. I maybe I fucking hadn't had my morning coffee this morning, and but it was just a, it was just an interesting thought. Um, but it took it took us back. Me, my, one of my good friends, he he, who's a very successful person, very very successful guy, hard worker, fucking, but just smart, and he just he works his fucking ass off, and he was he makes a fucking he makes a million dollars, like he, he's so he's wealthy as fuck, but he's. Joy, he's are you? No, no, no. I said not joy. Are you? I said hard working. Oh right. And he goes, his boss the other day was like, "Mate, you're working really hard." Blah blah blah. But like, what do you want? Like, what what are you trying to do here? I'm not knocking you. Please keep working hard, make some money for the company. But what do you want? And then he was like, "It's a hard question. I don't know." And he was like, "I don't know what I want." And then I asked you, mm. and it it's not answerable overnight. I don't think. No, it's uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's a good, very good conversation because what's the point of doing all this if this isn't what you really want? Um, I was I had a long chat to my dad this morning and he goes, What do you want, mate? I go, I don't I don't really know. And he goes, I just want to feel good. Yeah, well that <laughs> and I think that's pretty true. Like I just want to feel good. I want to do stuff I enjoy every day. And I, I want to be able to get up every day and do think do things that I enjoy with people that I enjoy. Yeah. Kind of, that kind of sums it up. 
the the message my mate was saying was like, because I was saying like, look, I really want to do this, but like, I, I, I can't do like three or four years making like literally zero, not like fucking 10 or 15, but it's zero. It's literally zero, you know, digging holes. And, you know, it's almost like restarting your rugby career. Because like, I spent te- like, you know, you spend 15 years trying to be a professional player and then playing and then you turn around and go, oh, well, I'm going to do this and start a fucking zero again. And then like, you know, you could easily get to 37, 38, 39. And, you know, maybe I'm not very good, which is very possible. I don't fucking know. And then you've literally got nothing and you're 39. So, but I suppose the message from my mate was, well, if you want, if you want it, you'll just do it. You'll just sacrifice whatever you need to. And it doesn't matter. But, I don't know. I think you, he was like talking about you got to break it down to its most basic tenets. And I, I think, despite the fact that I'm always blowing up, and I, people who are against me, I'll fucking find them and I'll get them. The people who are on my team, I in life as well, I desperately want to help. I like helping. I like Absolutely. helping people. That's my number one driver. So he's like, that's a good start. So work off that. And I, it was just an interesting conversation. It was something I hadn't thought about. Mate, um, just, just on that, one of the young guys that I've had a lot to do with just signed his first professional contract this week uh, with a very, very good program for the position that he's in. And, and like, he did all the work. He did everything. But uh, you get a far, I got a far greater satisfaction out of that than anything that I did in my playing career. Oh, like, it's, it's not even great close, feeling. Great feeling. And, and like, they did all the work. I had very little to do with it in reality. Um, but I had a little bit to do with it, if I'm being fair to myself. Uh, and it's far better feeling. Far better. Yeah, man. Like, I, like I wasn't – I was just a senior player. But the, I feel the same about – like, Icy. You know, like, he sort of just turned up at my fucking house one day and when he was in second grade and was like, let's, you know, let's go learn stuff. And we just started fucking passing and running and stepping like, and just, it just hours on hours and hours and hours and hours. And what, like watching someone like that make their super rugby debut, I'd like, I'd ha- I'm, ha- I'm more than happy to trade off the fact that I never played super rugby f- for that. Like, that's just way better to see someone that you've been tied in with excel. And that's what I suppose would steer me away from some sort of unretirement and ending up in a Hong Kong nightclub. But like that, there's just nothing quite like it. And I think it's far, it's far, far better than doing it yourself. It's I agree. Just, I agree just, completely. You know, it's, just, uh, it's, it's playing's, playing's a very selfish endeavor. You get, you get satisfaction out of being in a good team and winning, but it's very much about you, your place in the team, getting selected, all that kind of shit. Whereas a coach, it's very much about everyone else, I think. Yeah, I mean, you just, you hear whispers of like so and so is looking at someone, or like, and you, I'm just like, holy fuck! Like, I'm just like, that's amazing. Like, that's so like, it's just so much. It's so much better to hear. I don't know. It's just music. It's just music. Like, if those things happen, and guys get signed or picked up, or even just like my mate going to Hong Kong, like just do something they never thought they'd do. It's just like, fuck, that's cool. That's so fucking cool. Just on that, do you think that some guys 
So, so you, the other week you made some very good comments about people being self-aware about their place as a player and where yeah. they're at. And But do you think some guys maybe don't back themselves enough and hundred percent leave too early and and if they had had another year or two like like oh just for everyone listening i tried to do a little podcast with matt gibbon and jed holloway but the audio was terrible i don't know what was going on with the internet so i just binned it but one of the things i was trying to say to jed which i didn't do the best job of saying is imagine if after japan he'd just gone and played mlr and he's gone, you know what? I just, I'm not, I'm done with Australian rugby. I'm just going to go play MLR. Like, and none of the stuff that's happened to him since would have happened. And how, how many players do you see? They go, you know what? I'm going to go play Pro D2. I'm going to go to MLR. I'm going to go and do these things that could have, if they had gutsed out for a year or two more, gone and had really good it, careers in Australia. So, so. so. Not so often, but it happens, man. That which is why, like, I've seen it. Uh, one of my very good friends was a fucking great player, like first grader, captain, fucking years and years and years. But he, you know, he hung the boots up at like 26, 27. Because uh, he's, you know, he's successful. And it was like, people ask him, like, or, you know, I've even asked him, but like, or oh, why didn't you like try and Did have he play a- in Italy just out of interest? No. Nah. But they're like, why, why, did, why didn't you, like, have a crack at being a professional? And he's like, well, no, like, no one, no one ever mentioned it. Like, I just, it wasn't in my sights because some people don't start out at fucking, you know, a gun first grade Colts player or in an academy or this or that, and they just get their way up to first grade and they're like, this is fucking hectic, which is how everyone should feel about first grade when you're there. But then they're like, they don't think that maybe their ceiling's higher. Whereas if someone had grabbed him at 24 and been like, look, if you take these steps, I'm not going to say you're a professional, but you're you're a chance. So like guys, I I try to make a habit of telling, like saying, God, you don't, I can't tell you're going to get a contract. But like if you push yourself and you're at the right spots, there's no reason you can't. Now that's not possible for everyone. Some people like, and you don't go out of your way and be like, yeah, mate, you're never going to be a professional for X, Y, and Z. But like, you know, you you find the silver lining. Like some guys, mate, you like you're gonna you can be a first grade player, but X, Y, Z need to happen. Or mate, you can go to like overseas and explore the world using this as your tool. It's just levels, right? But like some people are just never told. So they, you know, instead of doing an off season like where their body fat goes down and they get fitter and faster, stronger, they just live like a human and come back for next season, you know. And yeah. since that happened, I was like, I think guys who it's possible for, they need to know. Because it could change the way that they train, could change the way that they perceive themselves. I, I think, like this guy that I told you about before who just signed his first professional contract, when he first joined, he was a third grader, genuinely. And he worked his way into being one of the best players in his position in the comp. And it wasn't through talent although he had a little bit of it, it was all through hard work and application, having the right sort of mindset around it. And I think he could have, he could have left and, you know, and all this wouldn't have happened. S- similar with Holloway, all the talent in the world, decided to apply himself, come back and have another go. And now he's a wallaby, two-test wallaby. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I'll just say to anyone, back yourself. And maybe if you're a coach, 
and you've got a player who's making some questionable decisions, try and direct them into the right um, area. Because, I, I, you know, it's a hard one. Some people only want to go to Hong Kong and be on the pierce and do all that. But um, I think some people do want to have a crack and maybe just don't think they're good enough. Yeah, I think it it's equally as important. Yeah, I fucking agree, man. It's equally as important to recognise that as tough as it might be, if your dreams to play for the Wallabies and you're 24 and you're altering your whole life and like you're an in and out first grade, in like maybe not a first grade, a fringe first grade, like I think it's important to readjust because as I've said before, you'll be disappointed for your whole life. Like you'll spend... Caden Neville made the Wallabies at 33. Yeah, but I don't mean like that. Like Caden Neville was also an AIS rower and he came to rugby at... 25 and was contracted the whole time. So I'm talking about, you know, guys who are flipping their life on its head. Well, guys, like let's be honest, guys like you and me, our, our sort of level of guys. Yeah, like I when I was 20, I wanted to be a Wallaby. But when I was 25, I didn't. And that was because if you, like, you, you're literally going to wake up every day sad. So, like, you, you, your expectations have to change. It was, I want to be really good at, I want to be the best player in my position at my, at, in, the, in the comp, and I'd like to go overseas. But do, I would you like- think, do you think that, like, I, I don't really regret anything from my playing career. The only thing I really regret is not applying myself hard enough and potentially not enjoying it as much as I could have. But, but in terms of what I learned to transition into a coaching career, I don't really regret anything. Do you kind of look at it similarly? Yeah, like, same way, man. Like, oh, like you wouldn't change anything because you've ended up where you are now? I wouldn't change anything, no, because I, I – and I've said this before, so I'm sorry. But I, I feel like I, may, I fucked up some things and I did some things right and I learned some lessons so other people don't have to. And particularly, like, you know, even before I was coaching, you know, so Icy didn't have to make the same mistake I did. Or, or you know, someone in the future doesn't make the same mistake I did. Like, they, it's you've just checked the box for someone else. So I don't I don't regret that because you wouldn't be in the position you are now. And I feel like you, you're, you're, you're wherever you are for a fucking some sort of reason. But you, you, you do save a lot. You're going to save some people from fucking up. Hopefully, hopefully. I, I still feel like you can't really teach anyone anything and sometimes you've got to guide them in the right direction, but they've got to work it out for themselves. But if I could be an example of what not to do in a rugby career and hopefully save some young fellow or girl, then that's... Uh, Host that's, them Yeah, that's fucking good. Geez, I had fun though. Oh, a lot of fun. It was I, had, I had more fun than anyone and I still wish I had more fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, on a lighter note, did um, I know it was a while ago? Do you remember anyone, any of the things that were supposed to annoy me? No. Oh, just the usual kind of stuff. Referees. I like uh, referees. Ju- yeah, me too. I'm a big big referee guy. Judiciaries. Judiciary is awful. No, I didn't put anything out this week because I wasn't too sure of our schedule to see um, whether we'd get on here or not, but. No, just good to talk. Good to reflect on a very interesting year in both of our lives. Um, yeah, I think I think that that's important. Like a couple of weeks ago, like I was just like, look, 
regardless of whatever happens, whatever happens, it will happen. But I'm, I, I think I like I want success for the guys in the team. But you also got to step back and be like, this is a fucking cool spot, you know, being able to assist, like help coach first grade or whatever. And that's cool. So whatever that means for that, you know, until whenever the season ends, that's fucking, you know, that's I'm going to enjoy that. So that's what I've done. That's a, yeah, that's the right way to look about it. Like I, I remember when I did the podcast with DC at Christmas, he said that he was looking into life after rugby um, when he was at Gordon, potentially, like he was looking into study, and then all of a sudden the Giltini's job came up, and then the Waratahs gig came up. So you just never know. You just never know what's going to pop out of the woodwork. No, I've got no idea. Right? I literally no idea. And so that's that's why I suppose traditionally I look at it like fuck. But if you've been glass half full, you're like fuck. Who knows? I don't whether, know. the, whether the glass is half full or half empty, there's, there's still more room for beer. There's, there's still, still room, room for more beer. There's still more room for schooners. Um, but um, yeah, no, look, very interesting year in our lives. Uh, this will be a whole. This year will be a whole chapter in my autobiography. One day, mm. oh, the sh- uh, living shit show. The living shit show. There could be room for that. Um, actually, I've got a day off Friday, um, so I will be making some phone calls. And I will get a, epi- a, po- a episode out this weekend of uh, oh sorry this Friday of air your grievances. So can you um, please can I be on that show please? Yeah, I'll call you. So I've got a I've got a day off Friday. It is during rugby season. It's it's fucking chaotic, but um, having a day off is nice. And I also got some days off next week. So there'll be a few episodes of air your grievances. There'll be grievances fucking left, right, and center. Um, I'll be calling some old favorites as well as some new people, but um. I really enjoy hearing about what's doing people's heads in at the moment. I just, who, who got this weekend? Manly. So how are you going to beat them? Score more, score more points than them? Well, I think the absolute – yeah, we're going to score more points and uh, wait for the 80. Um, hopefully hopefully that wins. That works. The absolute red herring is like that they're on a six-game slide, right? Because it doesn't fucking matter. You don't get, you don't get extra points for the other team being having lost. Like we lost games in a row, doesn't mean that that next game's changed. Um, they're a very, very good side, very well drilled, um, with some power runners. So straight, uh, without like giving nothing away, we're going to play very simple rugby and do it our way. That's it, guys. If we score more points than them today, we should win this game. Or we're a ninety percent chance of winning if we score more points. Yeah. So. <laughs> you get that Waylo? Yeah, it, it, no, there you go. Yeah, you won once per episode. Um, it was obviously I completely skipped over for political reasons the fact we had our home game at Granville. Um, but it's a shame not getting to play any of the finals at TJ because I feel like they'd really pump. But and also Manly aren't playing at home either, so we're at fucking North Sydney. Is there a reason for that? Someone told me the cricket season started. But cricket's played at North Sydney as well. Maybe they had a game at Manly. Great fucking point to whoever told me that. Um, so, yeah, that kind, of, that kind of sucks. Not that I dislike North Sydney Oval, but it's not a rugby field. And it is Manly Oval. But I, I wouldn't mind going into the heart of Manly to win the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's been done before. And I actually quite like playing at other teams' home ground when there's a lot on the line. I like the crowd. 
I like the vitriol, the like the the fucking getting sledge. Like I quite like that. I feel like that gets that uh, that's good because with that comes pressure, and uh, not on you, on them. So like if you're if you're in someone's backyard and things aren't quite going your way, the pressure's not on you. There's no pressure on you. There's, there's a lot of pressure on the other team. It's like going into a village, you know, get off the boat, medieval times, just fucking Gillespie Vikings, just slashing and pillaging and plundering. Oh, fuck. You know what I'm saying? That would have been a great time to be alive, I reckon. Not really. I mean, you're probably your average life expectancy was about 20. So build, build like you, big fucking red beard. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, again, but by 20, you're married with nine children. So, but then you fall over and get a splinter and die. So it's maybe not a great time to be alive. I'm curious about Shoot Shield rumor mill. Have you heard anything? I've, it's been, life's been very quiet. No one talks to me anymore. <laughs> you know, what's going on? Have you heard anything? I've heard nothing. I know West are looking for a coach. Are you really? Are you really moving to the Shire next year? Is that true? What am I doing? If you you've got something for me to fucking do down there, yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 no! I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I was like, "Where the fuck are you going with that? Are we? Are we? Are we becoming roommates? Even though you're married? Um, no, I, I'm not. I think I've heard you. I think Uni looking for a coach. Um, I know. Well, Wes obviously fucking posted it on Instagram, so they're looking for a coach. Rumor mill wise, I mean, nah, players don't fucking move at this point anyway. It's really just administrative to staff coaches that it's sort of this time of the season. I've heard absolutely fuck all. I heard, uh, oh, South's looking for a coach as well. So, you got any mail enough for me, Chief, or what? No one talks to me from there, brother. Cross your fingers. <laughs> you got your fingers crossed on that back of yours? No, I hope you get that job. Uh, you I, want, I, don't, I didn't apply for that job. I don't want to be a head coach. Um, and I don't, I think South, I think that job's already filled, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, you know what? Let's give the best PG answer we can give. And we wish everyone the absolute best in everything. Yeah, but we don't. <laughs> and that's the thing. I wish, I wish a lot of, most people the best in everything. Not everyone. That's true. That's true. And you, Especially you, that you, guy on my fucking Instagram. On the Eastwood Old Boys Facebook page, listen here. If you've not played, you're not an old boy. If anyone's listening, right. kick that fucking guy off. I don't want to read one more post-game report from him. That's it. I'm done. Can I talk about terrible scrum influences? Well, we won't name any names, but there is some absolute shit that goes around on social media from people claiming to be like rugby gurus and Absolute fucking piles of shit. And can you please send them all to Jed? I I spent. I already far get too- him. No, 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 no. Bullshit. Fuck that off. I spent far too you- long seeing all the comments and people just tearing them, tearing no, no, them no. apart. No, 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 no. Listen very carefully. Don't send them to me, please. Um, I my friends send me things that they know I won't like on purpose. Um, no, that's true. Just so when I wake up in the morning, tired because I don't like waking up ever. Um, and the first, it'll be pop from some outrage, some fucking dude on the other side of the world. Like it's just doing something crazy. And that, you know what that makes me think is like some guys have no idea that they're just being taught shit. 
they don't know. What the fuck would they know? They're 15 years old. They haven't like been around and come back and done it all and gone, well, that's not quite right. They're like putty in your hands. So they're like, this is gospel. That's dangerous. That's fucking dangerous. That's what I'm finding with, I suppose, particularly younger teams um, is like, I don't know, you're at the mercy of whoever the coach was and whatever he did in second grade at West in fucking 1975. Does it make you realise now how important junior coaches actually are? Oh, categorically, yeah, unbelievably. And that's why, like, schools, I suppose, they do their best to, like, particularly in the high grades, you know, synchronise their A teams with certain skills, levels, things like that. Obviously, obviously been working at Barker. That's rugby season's over. That was terrific. Manny from Barker, who's director of rugby, is a legend, absolutely gun bloke. And he won't listen to this, so I'm not shouting out for, like, extra credit. He's a fucking legend. Um, and they have a system like that where they try and synchronise their A teams, which I think is essential. Because otherwise, like I said, like, you know, when I was at school, it's like, you know, your 14-age four, coach played for Gordon in the fucking 80s. So whatever he did then, you're doing now. And then you get to 15s at something different. By the time you're in first 15, most of the time you'll have a guy who's done something somewhere. Um, but again, still, you're, you're, at, you're at the mercy. And then it really, it's, it's when you get to like grade or something that you find out like, oh, I'm massively underskilled. And you get those guys all the time who haven't like, I don't know, jumped in a certain way or done this or done that. And they're just, they're behind the eight ball. If you come, if you're a Colts coach and your front rowers cannot hold basic body shape under static pressure coming into grade, you cannot claim to be a scrub coach. Yeah, I was talking about, I don't want to get too into scrumging because I realize that our portion of listeners who are into scrumging is. We do this podcast for us. That's true, actually. Um, But I was like, talking to my mates about it and I was like, why didn't anyone like the biggest, um, the biggest lesson is just staying still. All you got to do is stay still, be really uncomfortable and stay still. And no, like that wasn't taught. Like we didn't really get taught that until we were like 22, 23. So like the earlier you get that in, the better they'll be. Let me push back on that a little bit. Right. So if all you ever do at training is just pressure builds, static holds, when you come to a game and the other team's trying to shove their, your head up your ass, and drive you backwards. You've never done live training where people are absolutely trying to kill you. That's not what. I, yeah, but I, I didn't. But I so mean, so many coaches do that though. That's what I, I'm. I don't mean static holds, pressure builds. I mean like being under enormous pressure, but being happy to hold your feet and your stance and get in a good spot and fucking stay there because particularly eighteen at a minimum. At a minimum. At a minimum. This, at a minimum. Go. I I want to. Yes. We'll, we'll talk offline. I could go on for hours about this. Well, like, I just, all I see is like just mass instability and it just doesn't work because when you get to the high, the higher the level you go, the more stable they are. And then if you take your foot off the ground, then your head is in your ass. You're fucked. So you're fucked. So, yes. I don't know. I, I, the earlier you can get it in, the better. But, mate, I suppose like all coaches, like, I suppose like me, like you, like, it just, it's like a microcosm. When in your in in the fourteens, like if you go down, that coach probably doesn't want to. He's got his own things he's doing. He, he might not want to hear from someone else. You know, like it's they. A lot of people take offence from outside influences. A lot of people are fucking idiots. 
Yeah, look, I've had outside influences this year, and I was like, like Matt Dunning reached out about some stuff, and I was like, yes, yes. What do you when? I'll book the Uber. Like, come on down. Like, you know, I don't know. I think you're fucking mad if you don't assess or at least assess like some information from people who are vastly more qualified than you. Oh, I would take like if fucking, I don't know, a breakdown expert or a set piece expert. If even like if fucking old man Holloway tomorrow was like, can I come up and do line outs? I'll be like, yeah. How long do you want? And I'll go sit in the car. No, I definitely want. But like, of course, mate, come in. Oh, Doesn't you- matter whose idea it is, just get the best ideas. That's what that's what I reckon. Couldn't give a fuck. Like, and also you, you pick something up. The- it's um, like, look, I'm doing pod- podcasting is a very good way to learn. Like, I'm getting to sit down with Dan McKellar for forty five minutes and talk about how they go through their lineouts in their malls. You just can't fucking buy that shit. Do, do you know what I mean? Dan Palmer, talking to that guy about scrummaging is absurd. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. I will eventually get him. Uh, but I've learned more from that guy about scrummaging than anyone. Mark Bell, same. You know, there's plenty of smart people out there who are willing to share if you show interest. Um, and something that I saw from doing coaching courses is the best people are willing to learn and share. And um, some people are happy to be in their lane and are not willing to accept any outside noise. And that's fine too. They're just going to end up where they're going to end up. But if you want to be good. Which is in juniors rugby. Yes. Or schoolboys. It's the same shit. Get the best ideas. Learn from everyone. And um, just adapt it to your own voice. I will say. Yeah, I agree. Look, before we. before we, um, There's two things. Before we wrap the podcast up. John Howard came out and said. Joe Biden clearly is mentally. uh, Has like a mental issues which made me oh so you're a doctor you're a neurologist now john (laughs) (laughs) which made me giggle because john howard is fucking old as dust and the leader of the free world can't talk properly which just gets me uh fbi rating donald trump makes me laugh a lot i was gonna ask you about that but maybe for next podcast fuck what a waste of time um but the worst thing that is for everyone who doesn't like donald trump congratulations He's now, he's now your next president. You're, you're all idiots. You're treating Eight, 87,000 new IRS agents. Yeah. Well, they did it all backwards. Like, if you don't want him coming back, then don't stop poking him. You keep poking this big old tan thing, he's fucking coming for you. Um, and lastly, it is my mother's birthday tomorrow. Um, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Blinda. Absolutely the best mother I've ever had. <laughs> A little joke there, um, but fantastic mother. Um, little did she know when she had a child 30 years ago that she would have to parent well into her 30s. I mean, into my 30s. Um, she probably thought she'd be off scot-free by now, but she isn't. Um, and effectively support what is a fully grown child for a very long time. I love you, mum. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. That's a, that's a very nice message. Did, do you have any inspirational messages? for our listeners to for, for anyone that actually sticks through to the end of this podcast, please subscribe, like share, send Jed rugby inst- Instagram influences and nudes. Uh, but any, any inspirational messages to send people off this week, actually, just before I forget last week's episode had our most downloads ever. So maybe my little social media onslaught at the start, at the start of the week might've helped a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I think, 
you did a fucking good job there. And could still do better. That's the thing. Oh, we can always do better. And I think to be honest, like we're gonna keep doing the pod into the off season. Oh, and that's 100%. when that's when we'll both have a lot of time. So um inspirational message wise. Um look, there's 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 nothing drastic. Or out of all these um conversations, I think it's find what you're what find what you want to do and just do it. Uh regardless of your age, gender selection, um, political support. Just do it um, and inevitably you'll be happy because that's what you want. Don't do something you don't like. i got an interesting thought for our listeners to finish and um, something I've been pondering, right, is, is I'd like to make some money one day. And if you can convince 1,000 people to give you $5 a week, that's 20 grand a month. And if you think of it like that, that that's got to be very achievable. A thousand dollars, a thousand people paying, giving you less than a cup of coffee. All you have to do is come up with something that pe- a thousand people are willing to part with five dollars a week, and you're. No, I know, I know what it is. It's OnlyFans. Should is that what we should do? OnlyFans. I was once posted on a gays only um, rugby website, and I, I tried got, to find that photo. I got fucking. I'll send it to you. I got heaps of followers, so that's it. Um, if we really want that money, I suppose I'll have to do that because I still get inboxes sometimes that are highly, highly suggestive and inappropriate, and I would do that. Um, but I was been around the traps last couple of weeks. Even I was at a wedding in the Hunter on the weekend, but lots and lots of people um, shouting out the podcast and listening who I never thought would be listening. So I, I just appreciate that. I appreciate the nice words from people and. It's just, uh, it's cool. I'm glad that, you know, for at least an hour and 16 minutes a week, I don't know, whatever you're doing is mildly entertaining. So I appreciate that a lot. Well, look, five, I, I saw some statistics on Spotify the other day. There's like five and a half million podcasts in the world. And to be the number one sports show is obviously a remarkable accomplishment. And, Unbelievable. Uh, full credit to us there. And, you know, we'll, we'll eventually make it. If you don't stop, you'll make it. Yeah, exactly. So stay tuned this week for a um, air your grievances. It'll be coming out. Um, it'll be coming hot. I've figured out a way to reduce the sound of the beat, which is good. Um, and there'll be a lot more beeping. And keep on Kathleen Gum. I know Eastwood are absolutely hammering it at the moment. If if we do get a SATA tested, which we did against Parramatta, um, it's, it's uh, batch tested. No, no, anyone, so I know it's batch listening. tested, but they'll go. Gee, these guys are fucking onto it because their caffeine rating is through the roof. Their caffeine. George Bregan 2005 caffeine rating. It's just through the roof. Well, that's what we like to hear. Um, yeah, I think that's a great way to end. Buy caffeine gum, send Jed nudes. And have a great fucking week. Good luck to everyone that's playing finals this week, particularly Kara. We love you guys a lot. And uh, we all look forward to moving out there permanently one day. Oh, yeah. I love you, Kara. Bye. <laughs>